Today's presentation you saw a few minutes ago, the drama piece, is based on a story that appears in all four Gospels. The story where Jesus feeds the 5,000. Actually, it was 5,000 plus because at that time, women and children were not counted. So there's a good chance there was actually about 30,000 people there on that day. It's a story that appears frequently and in fact, I have preached more sermons on this particular story than any other story in the Gospels. In fact, just last October, we looked at this story. And I'll be a little bit vulnerable here to admit that when it came up again in the lectionary, I found myself saying, now what am I going to do with this? <laughs> What's left? And then it hit me. That is a question that's asked in this scripture. A question that would easily be missed. What's left in this scripture once the crowd is full and has feasted? They face the same question that we face after many of our big feasts. What's left? What are we going to do with this? We've got 12 baskets. The bread's been broken. It's drying out. Now, what are we going to do with this? Those of you who host big Thanksgiving dinners face that question. You've got that turkey sitting there, and you realize you bought too big of a turkey. Some of the creative types turn that leftover turkey into turkey casserole, turkey surprise, turkey omelets, turkey smoothies, anything that you can do with all this turkey. What am I going to do with this? And sometimes you come to that point where you just say, let's just throw it in the garbage. Let's just get rid of it. I'm tired of looking at it. They could have easily said that. Everyone's already eaten. The bread's drying out. Let's just throw it away. But a question emerges here. Does God have garbage cans? In John's version of this story, Jesus answers the what are we going to do with this question and the what's left question directly. In John's gospel, when the question is asked, what's left? What are we going to do with this? Jesus says to the disciples, gather the leftovers so nothing is wasted. Gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. Oh, it's a powerful story, the, the feeding of the thousands who gathered that day. The miracle of love and abundance. A story of how scarcity moves to an overflowing feast. And yet, beyond the big story, is another story just waiting to be told. The story of a God who does not have trash cans or garbage cans. A God who lets nothing be wasted. There are no leftovers in God's world of multiplying love. No leftovers. What are we going to do with this? Let's continue the feast. Continue the celebration, continue the abundance. You know, it's one thing when the leftovers is bread or turkey. 
But what if the leftovers are those leftover parts of ourselves? After we've lived the biggest part of our life, achieved the biggest goals. Or maybe when we've been burned a few times, or hurt a few times, or wounded a few times. What about if the leftover is not bread, but anger, or bitterness, or jealousy, or an addiction? What about those kinds of leftovers? What does God do with that? Does that end up in the garbage? In some faith traditions, they try to tell us that we need to cut off those parts of ourselves that appear to be ungodly. Those parts of ourselves that we'd rather not look at. They say, get rid of that. Do something with it. What are we going to do with this? I love how the spiritual writer Flora Wellner addresses the issue of those leftovers we'd rather not look at. What happens to the apparently unlovely parts of myself? What happens to those fragments within me originally given me by God in beauty now become major stumbling blocks? Are they to be cut out, destroyed, thrown away? Some forms of spirituality teach this. I have read books and attended retreats that urge me to ask God to kill my ego, or at least to cast out all anger, fear, grief, doubt, as mere waste material in the soul. I remember as a teenager at a church camp being told to write my worst faults on a piece of paper some inappropriate part of myself which I wanted God to destroy. Then we lined up and singing a hymn, we walked by a campfire and threw our faults into the destroying flame. It did not work, of course. My faults arose alive and kicking the very next day. What does God do with the useless leftovers of the universe, the unwanted, unlovely brokenness, not useful in the divine plan. That's the question. What does God do with that part of ourselves that leads us to ask, what am I going to do with this? What am I going to do? What's left? Now what? You know, you didn't think you really needed to work out that legal documentation, you felt that you two were going to be together forever. You could not have predicted that he was going to be in the wrong lane at the wrong time. Oh, you, you'd planned to talk with a lawyer to get the details worked out, to have that power of attorney, and you had a good relationship with his family. How could you have ever guessed that they would come in and take everything, even your CD collection, claiming it was his? Trail. You look around that empty space that you'd shared together and you find yourself saying, he's gone, I didn't see this coming, what's left, what am I going to do with this, now what? I thought his family loved me, I, I didn't know this was going to happen, I couldn't have seen this coming, now what? Now what? Or... 
your whole life you've dreamed of finally achieving that vocation. But somewhere you, you got off track. You started living somebody else's life. And the years have gone by and you feel like you're too old to get that education. You're too old to get that degree. You're too old to go for that job. What's left? What am I going to do with this? Well, there's an inspirational story this week in the Houston Chronicle. Mary Sykes was asking that question. Her husband died this last December. And the headline above her picture says, Never too late. What's God going to do with the leftover dreams? At age 70, she's a rookie in law enforcement. And here she is in her uniform, Mary Sykes. It's never too late to go for the dream and to make it happen. There are no wasted years. There are no wasted lives. There are no leftover dreams. God takes all the stuff of our life and turns it into something powerful and abundant and full. When we look at it, we see Christ in it. Christ showing us the beauty beyond the brokenness. The place where we can see that Christ is at the heart of all that is. These leftovers then are Christ, and I carry these leftovers with me. These leftovers are the words I speak and the songs I sing. These leftovers are the energy that enables me to offer myself and laugh with friends and give generously to needs. Freely you received, Christ says, now give it away. Give your presence to those you call partner or family or friend. Give your presence to your local church, community. Give your joy to anyone who meets you. I offer what I have. And then I see that no matter how much I offer to others, my supply is still full. Christ has taken my leftovers and made another miracle. What's left? What am I going to do with this? What now? What next? Last week we talked about the beauty of becoming bread. And at communion we served big loaves of bread. And sure enough, we had a lot of bread left over. Well, leave something like that to a creative cook. And what showed up on Monday morning? Bread pudding. (laughs) Holy bread pudding that we ate throughout the day and served at our board meeting. Nothing is left. God uses it all. There may come a point where we say, you know... (laughs) I can see that working for everyone else, but what about when it's too many pieces? What about when the pieces are too small and too broken? Now what are you going to do? Again, Flora Slauson-Wellner tells a story that she learned growing up from her grandfather. One of my early memories is watching my grandfather sitting at his desk with a pot of glue and a large box filled with small, broken porcelain bits. In the early part of the 20th century, he had traveled to India. 
Overwhelmed by the radiance of the Taj Mahal, he bought a little porcelain replica, about a foot high, to bring home to his family as a mysterious and treasured, cherished treasure. The crate was overturned many times during a storm at sea, and when he unpacked his treasure, he found only hundreds of broken pieces. Many would have thrown away the shattered bits as lost cause. Yet my grandfather carefully gathered up each tiny fragment, and in what free moments he had in his busy life as both teacher and pastor, he would sit at his table and with infinite care select and glue the tiny pieces together. It took him about 30 years to turn his fragments into a shining hole. I would gaze at the little radiant edifice with fascination from all angles. Not a chip was missing. Even the almost invisible cracks seemed to add to the mystery. The restoration that loving hands can bring from broken fragments still shines in my heart. The pieces are never too small, never too broken, never too damaged never too dried up, never too scattered. It is all useful and usable in the hands of Christ. I invite you to think of the broken places, those parts of your life that may appear to be dried up or left over. And just imagine Jesus taking those pieces like bread, and lifting them up to the light of God's love, holding all of that up to the light of heaven, to the hope of transformation. And imagine the mystery. Imagine the miracle that happens when all is held before a loving Christ. We'd invite you to take these thoughts and live them on into this coming week. If you look in your worship folder on page 6, there is a wonderful exercise that Reverend Kristen is challenging each of us to do. It's a way to reflect on this in a way that is very creative. Reverend Kristen challenges us to look through your home or yard and find something broken. If it's something that is of particular value to you, so much the better to take that and to look at those pieces, to think about those pieces, reflect on them, spend some time in prayer, and then begin to repair that piece as best you can. Notice how it feels to remake something you love. And as you move it through love into a new place, look at it, reflect on it, how it's the same as it was before and how it's different. Think of what it means to become, to be remade, to live transformation. God takes the broken pieces and makes them beautiful. Let us hold ourselves before God in a moment of prayer. We do stand in awe of you. We thank you and praise you that in your world, there really are no garbage cans. There are no leftovers. There's only the stuff of life that you take and transform and remake 
you touch and you transform. You turn glory into glory. Today we hold our lives before you, our celebrations and our disappointments, knowing that you, the creator, continue to create. You create in us and through us. And through it all, we see the beauty of who you are and who we are when you hold us with your loving hands to the light. Amen.